our next praise hymn, number 142 in the purple, we have come into his house.
Church of Robbinsdale. Our opening hymn in the purple uh, Praise to the Lord Almighty, number 139. Oh, my soul, praise for he is 
next hymn from the Purple Praise Book, number 40. When I look into your holiness. Sunday, Chris reminds me of where I asked her to take a picture of me out on the front lawn of the parsonage in Deer River. I was holding a thermometer and it said negative 60. Is that correct, Chris? Yeah, that's right. Negative 60. And uh, what did I have on? <laughs> I wanted to make it very explicit that it was cold. I just grabbed that and flipped off my t-shirt, ran out, quickly shot that picture. Unbelievably <laughs> cold, and that was not wind chill. Actual temp. Actual temp. Because, you know, we got to circulate that. You know. Maybe we should say, thank God for this heat wave that we're experiencing. <laughs> Shall we pray? Father, we just want to thank you for the faithful remnant that's here today, and we Thank you, Lord, that we can turn and come before you. We do pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are experiencing a form of illness. We pray for Kathy Gross. We pray for Marie Wade. We pray for others, Lord, that may be joining us by way of television and radio and YouTube. We, we pray for our ultimate, ultimate sound person, um, Robin, who would love to have been here, but due to um, doctor's orders, she is unable to be here with us today. And we pray for those who are part of the gathering and the many churches in our area.
throughout the state of Minnesota that may be challenged in, in the weather. I thank you, Father, for the faithful service of Wes Gable yesterday for Jerome Schoepel and, and his 90 years of life and longevity and his last few years at Copperfield as he touched many hearts and lives for Christ. Jerome always carried with him gospel tracts and they'd hand, he'd hand out gospel tracts and if you ever follow him into a washroom, you could um, realize that there was a gospel tract that was going to be left in that washroom because he, he believed in the fact of, of Jesus' words. If Jesus said it, whether you are, I believe it, it's settled. There are people that say, if Jesus said it, I believe it, and that settles it. But whether or not we believe, if Jesus said it, we better believe. And Jesus said, wide. Wide is that gateway that leads to hell and many good intentions. But narrow, narrow is that gateway to heaven. We thank you, Father, and the challenging words that we often give to our, our children and our grandchildren. We, we warn them. We don't want to scare them, but we want to warn them about the joys and responsibilities of serving Christ. And Father, this morning as we ponder Scripture and as we ponder Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, and Philippians chapter 2, 9, and Acts chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. We just ask that you bless those scriptures and bless those who are joining us by way of television and radio and YouTube and Facebook and all the other means of communication that we have. And Lord, always teach us to pray as you taught your disciples to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And I'm always prepared to share scripture, but Gary was this morning to volunteer to read scripture. And Gary, would you please come at this time? Okay, I'm reading from the NIV, New International Version, Isaiah chapter, 25, uh, chapter 43, verse 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Now, Philippians chapter 9, verse, I mean, chapter 2, verse 9. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Acts 4, 7 through 10. They, the Sanhedrin, had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called on account today for the act of kindness shown to a cripple 
and are asking how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Thank you, Gary. Oftentimes hear comments, they, they like to hear my voice, but they, there's a variety, sometimes a variety, they really appreciate variety on television and radio, and if at any time um, there's anybody that wants to step forward and share some moments um, in scripture and that, or anybody this morning that would like to share any um, testimonials. If not, um, we'll just talk about that precious name of, of Jesus this morning. And as we take the name of Jesus with us, we that famous hymn, Take the Name of Jesus with us, and as I mentioned a few times, I was at a funeral yesterday at Brooklyn um, United Methodist Church in, in um, West Gable shared because he was married by this particular sir. Both um, Diane and, and himself were married at Osseo. And uh, Osseo had another commitment, I believe, that day. So they, they moved that to service, uh, funeral service. And Jerome lived to be 99. He was going to be 100 years older, I think, uh, in the middle of April or so. But God really blessed him. But oftentimes he worked for various organizations, especially the Billy Graham organization. And he had just a real evangelistic need because he realized that, you know, even the scribes and the Pharisees during Jesus' day would like to use the name of Jesus when it was convenient for their purpose, people today use the name of Jesus in, in a kind of slang or, or vulgar ways, and, and we, Jesus reminds us that certainly wide is the gateway to hell, and, and many will make it, but narrow is the gateway, narrow is the gateway to heaven, and few will enter in. We find from Ephesians chapter 2, 9, it, it makes it very clear that the name of Jesus is above every name, right? And there's no authority phrase in the universe than the words, in Jesus' name. Say it with me. In Jesus' name. You name that disease, you name that failure, you name the, the sin, and Christ's name is above it. It's more powerful and intent, more conquering and more eternal, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus cleansed the lepers, healed the lame, unsealed the deafest of all ears, unchanged the, the, the speechless tongue, tore away the heart, the darkest and the deepest of the veil of hearts. And at the sound of Jesus, Fevers would leave. Devils obeyed the authority of Jesus' mandate and came out of the possessed and fled in terror. Fled in terror. It was but uttered and the ankle bones that crippled were strengthened. Those healed proclaimed were walking and they were talking and they were leaping and they were, they were praising God in the name of Jesus. How powerful was that wondrous name of Jesus? All hail the power of Jesus' name. Do you wonder what we begin 
our services in praise and worship in the selection of hymns it's to open us up to the power in Jesus name no wonder an antagonistic city council visited early followers of Jesus with this question by what power by what power or by what name have you done this according to Acts chapter 4 7 they couldn't not deny that it was the power of the name of Jesus. It was the name of Jesus. It was the power of Jesus. Early followers of Jesus used Jesus not as a slang word, not as a profane word, but used it in the powerful name. They could not deny the miracles, but the power by which the thing was done excited their, their intense inquiries. And Peter boldly gives them the answer in Acts chapter 4.10. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole and complete. Every Christian in the book of Acts because Acts is, is, is the workings. It could have been the workings of the disciples, but it was the acts of the disciples. Believe without exception that, according to Acts chapter 4 and 30, signs and wonders may be done by the name of Jesus. Backsliders, you and I, as we attempt to make progress, and if we are not making progress, I, I worry about our our progression upwards. That name has none of its power if we do not use the name of Jesus. Appropriate to yourself the word spoken by Peter in Jesus' name, according to Acts chapter 3.16, and in his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong by whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him has been given unto you in this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. This is your deliverance. We want deliverance from those things that, that cling to us. This is your deliverance from your guilty fears. There is a salvation in no other name under heaven but by the name of Jesus. You long for freedom, freedom from the past, Many inquiries by way of television and radio and YouTube have inquiries about deliverance and, and liberation from their, their past. There is salvation, no other name under heaven but the name of Jesus. They long for freedom from the past. You must exercise the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ, it is your only avenue of relief. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and, joy and comfort give you. Take it then, wherever you go. I remember uh, a particular person who came to the altar at a conclusion of a worship service. In my first ministry at Birth of Wrightstown, three communities, and they, they consolidated and and. I rented the gymnasium and the ushers set up the, the chairs in the gymnasium and, and I had a good friend of mine who was an evangelist. Oh, 
And I remember this woman who once came to the altar and at the conclusion of the service. And then she, she knelt, she was broken in spirit and sobbing out her heart in penitence. And folks all around her heard her say, Lord, here's my heart. Could we give us a little more about it? Are we having some hearing problems? No. And folks around her could could hear her say, Lord, take my heart. I give it to thee this night. And then she would begin to cry out, Oh God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And she she repeated those words over and over again in real deep emotion, and yet no peace came and, and no no joy came. And there was nothing wrong with her prayer. But there was quite a bit wrong with her faith and an inexperienced personal worker stepped over to where she was sobbing and praying and insisted that that she bring Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ crucified and risen into her supplication. Say and repeat after me, he said. Say for Jesus' sake, for Jesus' sake urged this worker. And for some time, the, the woman positively refused to do this in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake. And I urged her over and over again to exercise faith in Jesus, to say, for Jesus' sake. But she seemed overwhelmed by the sense of her sins, and she was driven only by the enormity of them. And at last, Almost suffocated with sorrow and distress, she, she feebly said, Have mercy upon me for the sake of Jesus. Have mercy upon me. And when she had repeated it several times, unbelief fled away, faith triumphed, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, filled her soul. You can't get anywhere spiritually without Jesus' help from sin and fear, from grief and shame. May we be hid in Jesus, in Jesus' name. Leave your sins for the blood of Jesus Christ to cover. Think of nothing else. Dwell upon the name of Jesus. Repeat it. Repeat it again and again until it quickens resurrection life within you. When you learn to do this, you may think of your sins and be humble. But the, in retrospect, you shall not be made unhappy, but happy in the deliverance from your sins. Their power to frighten you will be gone forever. You must not forget our sins until we know that God has also forgotten them. Don't try it. If you attempt it, you will soon learn that heaven's agent, heaven's agent, the Holy Spirit, has a way of bringing a conviction that that things are not right between you and your soul and your God. God has a remedy for your tormented mind, but it isn't by your own attempt to cancel such memories. You need a reconciliation, not obliviation. It is true God's word does say, I, according to Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, I, even I, 
am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake. I will not remember thy sins no more. And again the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34, For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. And these Old Testament verses are confirmed in two places in the New Testament. The writer uses the same words in Hebrews chapter 8, 12. Their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. And Paul explains that only through Jesus, in the name of Jesus, can this important and wonderful event take place. He says, Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man Jesus is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins in Acts chapter 13, verse 38. There is this great danger of thinking too much about our sins as, as there is of thinking too little, too little much about them. That when the eye and the soul is fixed upon the sins that are past and the circumstances which led to their commission to such a degree as not to have a moment left to look unto Jesus, then the matter is being carried too far. You have received injury enough from your sins. God doesn't intend for you and I to constantly dwell on new and deadly poison from them. An embargo must be laid upon your thinking and our faculties. You may say, I may as well try to control the whirlwind as my thoughts. They must have employment. I cannot possibly lay them to rest. A sense of my danger and a dread of dying without forgiveness forbid my thoughts to be lulled into any forms of slumber. I don't say that you should quit thinking. I'm saying to send your thoughts to Calvary. Go to Calvary. Let them circulate with ceaseless activity around the bleeding sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Make your thoughts work for you instead of of destroying you. Let those untiring operations of your mind spend themselves in fant fantasies and phantoming the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's where to absorb your mind. If you're going to lose your mind, then lose it to the cross. What if, if that poor serpent-bitten Israelite had only bemoan his faith. In the Old Testament, in, in Moses' day, he had his shaft, his, his pole, and, and, and he says, what if he had, in spite of every exhort, exhortation, obstinately fixed his eye upon his wounds and, and kept on saying, it's terrible, it's terrible. This wound I keep on saying, it's terrible. Why did I get bitten by a snake? If that bitten Israelite had firmly persisted in mourning over his own carelessness and permitting himself or herself to be bitten, reproaching his, their own indifference when they had been warned over and over again by which the plight of those around them, what would happen? Suppose one's eye had continued wildly, rolling to and fro in order to guard against another attack, 
and all the time badly refusing to cast one look at this brazen, this brazen serpent erected. Upon the pole, what would have been the outcome? The outcome. You would know the answer. It would, would have been death. That lesson applies to you and I. Our immediate victory is only in looking to Jesus. The frequency of the words of Jesus on, on our lips. There's only one way to forgiveness for all of us, and that, that is through this person, Christ Jesus. The New Testament reminds us in Romans chapter 3, verse 26, whom God hath set forth to be the propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of our sins that are past. There's only one way to travel in order to secure a sense of rest and peace from this tormenting past, and that is through the faith, faith in his blood, an exercise of faith that Calvary, Calvary covers it all. Let your sins lead you to the cross. Your repentance and convictions are deep enough when they bring you to the cross and leave you there with your weeping eyes fixed on your wonderful Savior as your only hope. Father God, as every day in worship and dedication, then let this faith take over then let this faith take over. Otherwise, the devil will take it further advantage of us. The devil will turn your repentance to remorse and self-pity and drive you past the cross deeper and deeper into your sin. And that will be your ruin. Help us not to look at grace as cheap grace, but it's God's unmerited favor to us. That God has sent his son the only way of salvation. May we not trample upon the grace and the power of the cross in the name of Jesus. Bring all the cross of Jesus. Oh God, do give us clean hands and clean words and clean thoughts and deeds. Help us to stand with a hard right against the easy wrong. Save us from habits that harm and teach us to work as hard and play as fair in thy sight alone as of all the words are. Forgive us when we are unkind and help us to forgive those who are unkind to us. Keep us ready to help others at some cost for ourselves and send us chances every day to grow more like Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as we pray together, dear Jesus, let us use your name wisely for, de for defeating Satan and the obstacles in our life. We thank you for that, for forgiving our sins and coming into our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. If you join me in our offertory prayer, listed in your bulletins, God of all wisdom, how often have we been deaf to your voice speaking in our hearts? especially when we move in a world that needs it so desperately. The reading of 1 Samuel brings us the phrase, the word of the Lord was rare in those days, which resonates with the reliance of the evening news. 
as we bring our gifts to be dedicated this morning, we pray that you might open our ears, open our hearts to hear where you call us to respond to obedience, so that we might do what you need to begin healing our world. In Christ's name we pray, amen. And our offertory hymn is We Are Climbing Jacob's Ladder, Purple, number hymnals, 418.
through my college years and seminary years, I worked road construction during the summers, and, and um, I um, was around a lot of people that didn't use Jesus in the same um, sentences that that I would use, and I I would always say to myself, for every wrong use of the name of Jesus, and then almost curse word, I. I would say to myself, Jesus, Jesus, you know, be with that person. Father, as we go forth now, as we hear the name of Jesus, whether in, in the right perspective or not, may we use that name as a triumphant name, to triumph over illness and triumph over any difficulties that, that we may encounter. Jesus now. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit go forth. Amen. 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 Mm -hmm.